I mean, all I did was kiss a girl. So why they got you in jail? Yeah, and this guy didn't like it, and so then we had some words, so I decided to get out of there. And I got out of there, you know me, I don't want no trouble. I walked out in the street, and this fella tries to shoot me in the back. And you had to kill him? No, 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 I winged him, and he dropped his gun. You're in here for winging the guy? No, not exactly, because see that friend opened up on me. Well, what friend's that? It's the one with the shotgun. One guy, one gal, one actor, and one year. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Kevin Costner Project. Okay. Good evening, Greg. Good evening, Kate. How's it going? been an eventful week i guess it's friday night we're fresh off work we're home alone i have some questions for you Uh oh are these gonna be easy or hard i guess that's up to you oh lean in gregory lean in a bit i had a phone call with somebody at work today and I've had some conversations with some other people at work today. It occurred to me today that I really don't like being told what to do. And I don't take direction well. Would you agree with this assessment? On the record, for the world to hear. Repeat the question here. Do you think it's true that I don't like being told what to do? <laughs> and that I don't take direction. What happens well? if I answer this? Well, you have to answer it. Some lady today told me about something she would want me to do. And I was like, that'll be the day. You're not going to tell me what to do. I don't think I might be the best employee on the planet. Was this something that was supposed to be part of your job? No. Was it a simple but request? It, what was yes, it? Yes, and for the record, I did do what she asked me to do, but it just kind of pissed me off that I oh, had to do it. Oh, so you still did it. Not happily. Okay. So you say you don't take direction well, but you still did whatever yeah. was asked. I feel like maybe when someone tells me to do something, my inclination is to do the exact opposite of what I've been told to do. How do you feel about that? Especially when you don't like what the people have to say. <laughs> what about when I don't like what you have to say? You just punish me for it. <laughs> you, you gotta talk louder. Okay, here's observation number two. I was at work today, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. having a very nice conversation with my coworker. Okay. His name is Jeff. Okay. Me and Jeff were chatting. Okay. And then the maintenance guy started kicking up a ruckus out in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, in the cartoons when someone's hypnotized and their eyes turn into like swirly spirals yes it was like that like jeff heard a hammer and he left and went into the hallway 
Yeah, exactly, Steph. What is it in your DNA that you can be having a perfectly nice conversation with somebody, but you hear something tool involved going on and you all turn into zombies? And you must go to the site like it's a siren's call. Are you saying that I do this? Oh yeah, for sure. And probably half the male staff was out in the hallway investigating what this maintenance man was doing. And you know the maintenance guy was eating it up, by the way. I do not feel that I do this. I don't see how you can say that I would ever do something like that. You're a guy. You all do this. Okay, give an example of some time that I actually did. Well, I did can't. Th- now I'm on the spot. Oh, well, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I just want to know what's in your DNA as a dude that makes you, like, not you specifically, but the male half of the human race hear a hammer or a screwdriver or a drill or some other tool and you go running like you... you got to be involved and give your expertise no matter what you're doing i don't have an answer because apparently i'm not a guy you are a guy but i don't do that you hover if i'm using tools you hover do you have proof i can get it because we're doing a lot of building right now in our house hmm hmm all right well welcome to the kevin costner (laughs) project We have just sat through what I have to say is probably the manliest movie so far in terms of just uh, pure, unadulterated testosterone. Greg's taking a drink so he doesn't have to answer this. Greg, what was our movie? Silverado. Give us the scoop. Well, like the last movie, it came out in 1985. A Western drama ran about two hours and 13 minutes. It sure did. What was it rated? Well, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 78. Wow, that's a pretty high score. Yeah, and IMDb gave it a 7.2. How about the Motion Picture Association of America? PG-13. Wow, there's a lot of killing in there for a PG-13. Well, there was only one death that really upset... Well, that's not true, but the one death that upset me the most wasn't human. Yes, when they shot the little piglet. The little piglet. Those bastards. But we're getting way ahead of the story. All right, this had a hell of a cast in it, by the way. We're going to hit the highlights. First of all, this was a giant big chill reunion. Kevin Costner was in it. Kevin Klein was in it. And Jeff Goldblum was in it. So they were certainly busy filming things. Those of you who are fellow Blacklist fans will recognize Linda Hunt, a.k.a. Mr. Kaplan. She was in this. Danny Glover was trying out his Western chops before he became a lethal weapon. Those of you who are my fellow Lost fans, Jeff Fahey is in this thing in Lost. He was the pilot named Frank Lapidus, and I'm going to tell you guys, truthfully, he was pretty smoking hot in this thing, and maybe gave Kevin Costner a little bit of a run for his money. 
John Cleese, of all people, was in this movie. That one I fail to understand. I mean, I guess maybe he wanted to be in a Western. I'm not sure how that came about. I gotta research that. Brian Dennehy is in this movie. Rosanna Arquette. And our beloved favorite made another cameo. Greg, somebody from Fandango showed up in Silverado. Yes, Marvin J. McIntyre. Correct. Truman the Airplane Guy. Shows up as Cavalry Outpost Clerk in this lovely film. Okay, since I really don't know how to boil this movie down, Greg, I'm leaving it to you. Wow. Um, well, basically, it was a shoot 'em up. Most of it was just shooting people, rescuing people. There were some damsels in distress type stuff in there fortunately the bad guys had the shooting skills of the stormtroopers in star wars yes they could not have hit the broad side of a barn without the stormtrooper costume yeah (laughs) (laughs) that would have been maybe more fun i don't know (laughs) so there's this cowboy named emmett he's gone through the desert to find his brother who seems to have gone missing somewhere. Along the way, he stumbles upon a half-dead Kevin Klein who's been robbed and left for dead in the desert. Then they... How did they meet up with Danny Glover? Jeez. I've forgotten now. How did they meet up with him? I don't know. They, they probably shot some people and found Danny Glover at the bottom of the pile. Oh, Danny Glover shot some people to help them. When they were, uh, had to, got run out of town. Sure. <laughs> I don't even know. It was a long movie. Okay, so then, uh, they form like a little crew. Posse. A little posse. <laughs> and it turns out that there's like some wagon train heading west, as they all do. Going to Silverado. Yes, but the train has been robbed by the bad guys i don't know i don't even want to go through all this let me put it to you this way guys i made some hilarious oregon trail comments about you know this is the part of oregon trail where your your wagon tips over and you get flooded and you lose three days on the journey there was like that to watch nope. i don't know why the bad guys were bad I didn't even know that Jeff Goldblum was one of the bad guys until the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It... Kevin Klein couldn't seem to make up his mind between Mr. Kaplan and Rosanna Arquette. I believe he wound up staying with Mr. Kaplan, didn't he? At the bar. I believe so. Uh, and he, yeah, at the, in the end, he was like sheriff or something. Well, don't ruin my big line, Greg. There's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) I said that about three times before there actually was a new sheriff in town. Yeah, that's true. You did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't really know exactly who. Like, the names didn't seem all that important. So we wound up calling Brian Dennehy Black Licorice because at one point he was... Chewing, chewing on it. Chewing on a stick of black licorice. They seem bad just to be bad. 
the good guys didn't seem all that good. I mean, everybody was killing everybody, so... Yeah. Does that make you good for killing bad guys? You're still a killer. I don't know. This is the question, really, I have about Westerns. Because it seems like 90% of the cast winds up dead anyway. So you could just cut to the chase. Have the shootout in the street at high noon. Kill off the bad guy and call it a day in every Western I've ever seen. Then what would you do for the last two hours of the movie? Well, first of all, I could have lived without them killing that little pig. I don't know if that was for real or not. I don't know if this was before the days when they had the... No animals were harmed in the making of this picture. But I did not like that. That's yeah. not that's not a very PG-13 yeah, thing to do. That poor little pig. It was so cute. <sighs> anyway, I have to willingly admit that I don't know the first thing about westerns. So here's what I enjoyed about this thing. Kevin Costner is quite spry in this movie. And very goofy. We got to see him dance again. Yeah. He did some amateur acrobatics, unless that was his stunt guy. I don't know if he had a stunt double in this thing. He was able to leap on and off a horse like you can't believe. I mean, he... I have never ridden a horse. Have you ridden a horse, Greg? No. Me neither. How do you get your leg up there? I feel like I'd need a ladder to get on a horse. I guess you just jump and pray. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've, I've had the desire at some point to try riding a horse, but never got around to it. He would, like, run up to the horse and fly onto it. They all would. Yep. I guess you just have to sort of practice it and just, I don't know. I guess. I mean, he's he's from California. It's not like he was born and raised doing this stuff unless they were farmers or ranchers of some sort out there. I really don't remember reading that about him. Hold on, I'm going to find out. I'm on his Wikipedia page. His mother was a welfare worker and his father was an electrician and utilities executive. He was not academically inclined in school. He was raised Baptist. He did play sports, especially football, take piano lessons, write poetry, and sing in the choir. So he was not exactly raised around horses, it doesn't sound like. But he did like watching how the West was won. Uh, Yes, it does say that. That inspired his love of Westerns. Right, so maybe that also inspired his like to ride horses. Maybe. And then it says here that he was a truck driver, he worked on fishing boats, and he gave tours of the Hollywood stars' homes to make money. Oh, he was in the marching band. Maybe that's why he's so nimble. (laughs) (laughs) I know someone else who was in the marching band. I was not nimble. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell everybody your marching band story? About the fact that I almost collapsed and had the sousaphone (laughs) mouthpiece slam into my face. What about the sousaphone, Greg? Do you still play? I never played a note in my life, (laughs) Kate. I faked it. 
<laughs> but I didn't make it. <laughs> that is my favorite thing about you. <laughs> Ow. Step stool. Why do you have to fight me? Steffi's favorite thing about you, too. Apparently. <laughs> wow. Everybody's a critic. I guess so. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, I said many times before we sat down to watch this that I am not really a fan of Westerns. Yes, you did. Are know. you a fan of Westerns? Well, I hadn't really watched any that I remember before this. So I guess I can't say that I was a fan of Westerns because I don't remember one that I watched. With that in mind, as we review this ourselves, we hope that those of you listening realize that we don't know what we're talking about when we talk about this movie. We have no experience in Westerns. I suppose all of my Western knowledge is going to come from this project. I guess so, Kate. Same here. I can't think of anything else that I've watched that even resembles a Western. What about The Three Amigos? I know that was a comedy, but it was kind of a Western. There was a lot of shooting and stuff. It took place in Mexico, but... And the closest thing that I remember to watching a Western was i think it was back to the future three or whatever there was a okay do you remember what happens in that one other than they go back to the old west i guess there was the cow like cavalry going after the indians or the indians were going after the cavalry or something something to do with a train i know that at some point yeah okay well Based on that astute observation and my own lack of even a remotely as astute observation, let's talk about this movie and what we thought of it. Well, I have to say it did keep me entertained and glued to the TV. I It, it wasn't something that I just sort of, it was a distraction or something. I, it did keep my interest, I guess, it, what's going to happen next, so to speak. But there were a lot of things that just didn't completely flow. Like, you had to sort of make assumptions about some things, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, that happened? I felt like in the beginning it was a comedy. I was actually surprised that it turned serious. And I'm not sure why I felt that way, but I thought the beginning was kind of funny. Well, yeah, when you found Kevin Klein in, like, the desert, almost dead, I, yeah, I think that's when you were sort of saying that you thought it was sort of more comedy-ish. <laughs> that doesn't sound very funny. He finds a half-dead guy in the desert. <laughs> but that's when you were saying them. <laughs> well, it was like he got shot through the pants, remember? And that was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, there, that and... too, yeah. You know, Kevin Costner's character was not serious at all. He was always kissing the ladies and joking around. Oh, yes, exactly. So those things made me, I guess, believe it was a comedy. And then all of a sudden... It was very dramatic with all the... There was just a lot of killing and then 
Danny Glover's part was the big tragedy. He's off to find his parents who have moved out towards Silverado. His, his mother's dead, and, and then his father gets shot by the bad guys. The Silverado dies. bad guys, led by Black Licorice, although he was not there at the time. And then he finds his sister who hates his guts, yeah. and then she gets shot. But survive. She did survive, at least. That is true. But uh, Jeff Goldblum betrays her very cruelly at the end. And but he got his due. He got what was coming to him. Got a knife to the gut or something. And then his... Okay, speaking of Jeff Goldblum, first of all, he stuck out like a sore thumb in this thing. Oh, yes. The way he dressed in this didn't really match the rest of the... Yeah, he was in a snappy suit, like... There was no period to it. It was like a late 80s three-piece suit. And you don't get any background exactly. It's it's weird. He he came there to do some gambling and that I didn't understand. It was very weird. Yeah, you were supposed to think because Black Licorice put Kevin Klein in charge of making sure nobody was cheating on the gambling at the same time that Jeff Goldblum rolls into town. So I had the impression that Jeff Goldblum was kind of a card shark and was going to try to take the saloon for all it was worth. But then it turned out he was on Black Licorice's side the whole time. Right, right, exactly. But like even physically, you know, he has a very distinct look. You would think Danny Glover stood out like a sore thumb as one of three black characters in this entire thing. But I think actually that Jeff Goldblum didn't fit in worse. Like, he just physically... He... You mean he fit in worse? Yeah. Whatever you said. <laughs> he... No, he didn't fit in. He didn't fit in worse than Danny Glover oh, okay. didn't fit in, right? Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm confused. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is he did not belong there. Right. He just has that look about him that, you know, he was around all these dusty... What's the words I'm looking for? They were not all that tall. He, I think he's quite tall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dusty-looking dudes, and he's there with, like, jet black hair, all these curls, like, dressed to the nines, clean, tall, clean-shaven. Maybe that was the point, but I sort of, like, didn't get it. Yeah. Because even the guy he was in cahoots with didn't look like that. Like, for being this evil sheriff that was stealing all the money and everything from everybody, he still looked like crap like the rest of them did. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It was a very... For me, it was very confusing as my first Western. I, I didn't hate it, surprisingly. I didn't love it, but I did not hate it. But I guess it did keep me engaged i didn't i wasn't checking my phone i wasn't doing anything else but there was so much going on that it, i it, didn't get it yeah yeah there, there was it was hard to keep track of everything and like at one point all the bad guys who are working for the sheriff are out in this fancy mansion out in the middle of nowhere and they're like guarding their house knowing that the kevin's posse is on its way but then if, why would you draw the bad guys to your fancy house? Why not 
deal with them in town. And then, like I said, they they couldn't shoot worth a crap. Well, they weren't drawing them there. It was more they didn't ex- really expect them to because they were supposed to be getting set up in town and be killed, but they didn't. They kidnapped a kid at one point, and maybe they just thought it'd be easier to hole up in their mansion, right. their prairie mansion, with this kid and defend their prize that way or something? I don't know. Yeah, and it was supposed to be the mansion of this family that was like, had stolen all the land from other people and had stolen the land from uh, Danny Glover's parents or whatever it was to... Anyway, what would you rate it, Greg? I, I'm not sure. How do you rate a movie that... I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a two. It wasn't terrible. Like, I could give it a three. But overall, it just wasn't my thing. Did I like it less? We gave Table for Five a three. Table for Five was fairly straightforward on what was going on. Yeah. This, not very straightforward. That would lead me to want to give it a lower rating. I'm going to go with a 2.5. What about it would make you want to give it an extra half a point? Uh, Well, if we compare it to something we gave a 3, as you said... I just gave an example, and I don't. I, I think that Silverado was worse in that way because it, its cohesiveness of how you understand what's going on was a lot worse. Though it was a lot more engaging and it was a lot more fast-paced, doesn't make that it it better. It just these movies are hard to give a number rating to. I would say in this movie. Kevin Costner's character was quite interesting and lively and then just sort of gave caution to the wind and just did what he wanted to do type thing. He also had the best line in the whole thing. And what was that, Kate? Sweet Kate. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm going to be able to put that into this recording somewhere. His sister-in-law in this movie, her name is Kate, and he said her name multiple times, but... You and I both know that 1985 Kevin was talking to me. If you say so, (laughs) my love. If you say so. Okay, 2.5. Sure. Let's give it a 2.5. I want to have it up a little bit from some of the ones that we rated. Right. Exactly. It was definitely way better than the ones we've seen. Right. Exactly. So... I would even maybe give it a three. After what I said, why do you think that it's a three? Why do you think that it matches Table for Five? Well, unlike Table for Five, it did have a very concrete ending that I was satisfied with. The good guys won. They ran off, rode off into the sunset. Literally. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So that is good. The cast was good. Yes. And the I mean, acting was good. I mean, it was a star-studded cast. I mean... Yeah. I just didn't really understand the story. I mean... The scenery was nice. I think if they had, quote-unquote, slowed it down, maybe the storyline would have been easier to follow. Or maybe if they had taken out some of the moving parts. Like, Jeff Goldblum's part probably wasn't necessary. 
I suppose. I don't think he added anything. Like, Kevin Klein gets hired on by Black Licorice to ensure that no one is cheating at cards. And then it turns out that Black Licorice has hired a guy to cheat at cards. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. The only part that Jeff Goldblum played, really, was that Danny Glover's sister in the thing was his girlfriend there. Or it seemed like they were a couple until, in the end, it seemed like he didn't care Um, about her. I feel as though she was the female entertainment of that saloon, if you catch my drift. Oh, okay. She was kind of dressed with the feathers and the corset. Right, maybe that's what Danny Glover's character was hinting at there about her her job or whatever okay i didn't completely catch that just like some other stuff in this movie i probably didn't catch because of so many moving parts so what annoyed me is at the end she's at death's door he shows up to kill her and finish the job and i was like well what did she ever do to you it's just that her brother was on his bad side but i mean ultimately i don't think that storyline really went anywhere I think Jeff Goldblum. I'm sorry to say, Jeff, if you ever listen to this, we think you're a tremendous actor, but we didn't need you in this picture. Yeah, I think they just had him in this to have another name. I mean, that, that's sort of what it seemed like to me. that there, there was a lot of actors or actresses in this that were there sort of just to have a name in there, and it Maybe that whole romance with Rosanna Arquette didn't also have to happen. It was bad enough that these bad guys were roughing up these pioneers. And then, as she said, I'm more than just a pretty face. And once men figure that out, they don't stick around. And exactly right, the men didn't stick around. They all left her for something else. And so... Was it really necessary that she was there? They could have roughed up the pioneers without that. And that probably between those two would have cut out a half hour and maybe tightened this up a bit. Kevin Costner was still sowing his oats, as it were, with that other girl from the saloon. So well, I, there could have uh, been a romance going. Um, and... uh, but hold on a second. Okay. I know you said that Roseanne Arquette's character may not have been needed, but it did show a very strong woman. But so did Stella. Yeah. Mr. Kramer. What do you mean, Mr. Her her character in this is Stella. Right. No. No, Kaplan. Mr. Mr. Kaplan, Kaplan. Not yeah. Mr. Kramer. Um, so so there were two strong women in this. Yeah. So if you wanted a strong female, Mr. Kaplan had it under control. I think Rosanna could have gone bye-bye. And also, Mr. Kaplan got to have a romantic storyline. So you weren't out anything. I suppose you're right. Because apparently Kevin Klein's character was hot on short women. Apparently. And don't get me wrong, because she's a badass, so I can see it. And she was smoking hot in the 80s. You know, by the time James Spader was done with her, she she looked a little worn around the edges from the stress of cleaning up his international messes for 30 years. But Right, and I, I mean, when watching that and now watching this... I didn't realize how short she was. I, I mean, I guess the way they did it in uh, Blacklist. 
How tall? Okay, let's compare how height-wise. Okay, James Spader is five foot ten. Kevin Klein is six foot two. So it makes her look even shorter because Kevin Klein has six inches on James Spader. And how tall is she, actually? Let's see. Linda Hunt is four foot nine. Oh well, there you go. So there you have it. So James Spader's a foot taller, but Kevin Klein is a foot and a half taller. Yeah. So that did make her look even tinier. Hmm. Oh, she won an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role in 1983. Let's see. Four, for playing a male character, Billy Kwan, in The Year of Living Dangerously, becoming the first person to win an Oscar for portraying a character of the opposite sex. Very interesting. Okay. Also, she is 78 years old now, and since 2008, she's been married to somebody called Karen Klein. I wonder if Karen Klein is any relation to Kevin Klein, and is she Kevin Klein's sister-in-law or something? We're going down a rabbit hole. This is Kevin Costner project here. I know, but apparently Karen Klein is a psychotherapist. She doesn't have an IMDb page, so I can't chase that rabbit hole any further. Karen Klein, I mean. We've learned some more interesting things. We got to see some favorite character actors this movie. Yep. Where do we want to settle? Two and a half or three? Oof. Maybe we're going to leave this one as uh, you give it a three, I give it two and a half. I'm, I'm not sure I can really give it a three. Okay, thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm stealing the thumbs up, thumbs down rating from the Crime Writers On podcast, which is my favorite podcast. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you suggest somebody watch this movie? I suppose if they're really into westerns, uh, this is, I guess, give it a thumbs up for, for that. I. It's not my type of movie. I don't plan on watching it again. I would give it a thumbs up as a western yeah not a genre that interests me but it was engaging so a three for me we're going back to not agreeing on the ratings and a two and a half for you i think sometimes it's fun to end up not agreeing so that will put it squarely at a 2.75 overall oh fine (laughs) but no you keep your two and a half and i'll do a three okay so what are we watching next greg American Flyers, and then... Finally, into The Untouchables. And I just had a rousing conversation with my nephew about Al Capone, of all things. My 13-year-old nephew, who informed me that Al Capone was busted on tax evasion, which I already knew. We had a nice chat about it, and I am ready. We have survived the early and mid-80s, but for one movie, and I'm ready to be done with it. Your thoughts? Well, it's been very interesting so far seeing these early on movies, but I mean, I know we're coming up on some some really good ones. Yeah. I'm glad we've had the last what three or four that have been good. Yeah. And we've really we've really seen Kevin take off, but now we're ready to lift off and hit altitude. So Until next week, we will see you 
And goodbye from Rochester. See you later. Bye. Bye. The Kevin Costner Project is produced by October 10 Productions. Our theme music is Happy Acoustic Guitar Background Music by Music Unlimited via Pixabay.com. Audio clips included under fair use policies in our best accordance with U.S. copyright law. You can find us online at thekevincostnerproject.com or by searching Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, or TikTok for The Kevin Costner Project. This podcast is not endorsed by Kevin Costner or his agents yet.